We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Timeline is a Blue Wire podcast. Look like Hooker drawing traffic. What a pass. Durant wide open. Hooker not only scoring the ball, but making plays for his teammates. Kevin Durant pops it down. Phoenix Suns defeated the Los Angeles Clippers for the third time in a row, second time in a row in L.A. to extend their lead to 3-1. Sam, how are you doing? Well, they certainly never make it easy on us, Mike, but all yeah. things considered, I'm doing pretty good. We were just hanging out and playback uh, for that game. It was a fun time. And yeah, rough first quarter. Uh, not the best energy in there at all points of the game, but eventually they got it back and, and ended up with a 12-point lead here. And they took care of business, like you said, third time in a row. Yeah, we can't... When we do the games on playback, we can't pretend like we were confident the whole game because people can feel our nerves <laughs> live in real time. But the highlights of this one, for the first time in the playoffs, Kevin Durant outscored Devin Booker 31 points for Kevin Durant, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, Devin Booker... 30 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals in this game once again. And then the main thing I think that we're probably going to talk about, DeAndre and, and Chris Paul showed up in this game, which was perfect timing because for the first time, Torrey Craig didn't have an otherworldly out-of-body experience on offense. Chris Paul ended with 19 points, 9 assists, DeAndre in 15 points, 13 rebounds. And in my opinion the first game where you can call his defense good for the entirety of the game because he had stretches where he was good in the previous three games. But to me, in this game, he's basically solid the entire game, which is exactly what the Suns needed. Uh, what's the first thing that stands out? What's the first thing you want to talk about about this game? Well, I, I, I'll be honest. It probably wasn't going to be the first thing I was going to talk about, but now I'm happy to do it. Like we can we can talk about Aiton since you started yeah, there, yeah. Um, and especially since I think we both and and maybe I went after him so hard after the last game, even though we won. Uh, it, it's just important maybe to draw the contrast here a little bit. And 
praise him when it, when things actually go well and point out what the differences were in a win like this. So, yeah. yeah, his 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 verticality was great. His effort around the rim was great in this one. Um, he had four offensive rebounds as well. He was really working hard, particularly in the first half on the offensive glass. And look, wasn't the best DeAndre Ayton game I've ever seen. Well, he had five uh, turnovers. Still shot one for four. Yeah. Five turnovers, shot one for four from the free throw line. Yeah. Not going to pretend like this was his best effort, uh, but it was much better effort than what we saw in games one through three. And you're just you're just right. This team, which already doesn't shoot a lot of threes to begin with, when they don't get those kind of outlier performances from a guy like Torrey Craig, all the more important that they win the possession battle and they win the physicality battle, and most of that is going to come through uh, the work of DeAndre Ayton. So, yeah, he was much better tonight. And then Chris Paul. Uh, do you want to say on anything, anything yeah, let me, on Aiton first, yeah. probably, before? Let's let's focus on him for a second here, because I want to point it out. 15 points, 13 rebounds, yes, five turnovers, and I think his hands started off really great, and he did bobble some stuff later in the game. That's what ended. The five turnovers thing was, was part of the problem there, along with some, I think, two errant passes. Box score aside, being in the right place, team defense-wise, was the most important thing for his game, and I don't think... I don't believe in single game plus minus always, but I don't think it's a coincidence that he was plus 17 and Biombo was minus five in this game. Aiton was contesting high around DHOs, allowing Durant to be the weak side help defender at the rim against Plumlee or Zubots. He was higher up against players like Westbrook or Norm Powell on the drives, forcing them into tough contested shots or just forcing them to bail on their shots at the rim entirely and work on something else offensively. And those things, along with rebounding, where he did have four offensive rebounds, as you pointed out, are more important than his scoring. Yes, his scoring is important, but in a game where, once again, they're going to leave guys open because they have two superstars on the floor, his scoring will probably come relatively easy. And I think it did for the majority of this game. Um, Although he did have one really great roll to the rim and, and finish late in the game that was vital and his finishing is always there. That's the thing. It's like it's rare for him to be awful when it comes to finishing. It's the focus and intent on defense and the chasing down the rebounds. I think that makes the biggest difference for the Suns to win. And in this game, he did it well. And like I said, without Torrey Craig scoring 25 points, it's important to, to be right on the money defensively. And I thought he did a really great. It was the first game, like I said, where I thought he was good throughout the game, beginning to end. Started out with the right focus defensively, maybe struggled a little offensively to start, but the focus was there defensively, and I think it carried through throughout the rest of the game. And his focus defensively is vital. Um, now, Chris Paul, you want to talk about Chris Paul? I'll let you. I'll let you go first on Chris Paul here. Man, I I don't really know what to say other than that. You know, anytime you can <laughs> squeeze a little more juice out of him at the end of a game, uh, it's a pleasure to watch. And we even got to see Chris smile uh, at the end yeah. of this one when he hit that his final shot of the game. Well, first of all, um, he was shooting threes, uh, and he was shooting threes pull up, not just not in fact mostly not off the catch. Uh, and so he made a couple of pull up threes in the second half, uh, but then the the final kind of exclamation point for him was that co- ridiculous corner three after they saved the ball from out of bounds where yeah he was it was like a two falling. but yes was it a two that yeah. didn't count as a three okay no. excuse me but it was like it was it was behind the basket right just slightly behind the basket yeah. just a ridiculous shot for him to and hit, he thought it was going to be a, a a shot clock violation i think didn't realize it hit the rim yeah and threw up an insane turnaround shot that arced over the backboard because it was behind the backboard and hit nothing but net where like you said 
we saw Chris Paul smile for the first Flash time in the smile playoffs. afterwards. Yeah. Um, Usually he's Mr. Business, uh, especially in playoff games. It's just it's it's good to see when he's having a little bit of fun and when his confidence is high too because uh, you were pointing out just before we recorded here the ESPN headline that just went live as they won this game was that the Suns' big three was too much to handle for the Clippers. Yeah. Uh, and tonight it's it's reassuring I don't think they have a big three for the record. I don't think Chris Paul has consistently <laughs> played at that level to for you them to deserve that, yeah. that title. And he's 38. What are you going to do? But it's a little reassuring that at least tonight you kind of felt like maybe, okay, maybe that's accurate. Maybe they played like a for big three. For this game it was. Yeah, so, I think you could say it was. For, for just this game. game. For yeah. just this game. ESPN sure thinks they have a big three, by the way. But the thing, <laughs> all, all the shot making aside, because I think, well, I won't throw it aside. Let me take a second to acknowledge it. Some crazy shots hit by Chris Paul, and I think it's important for him to hit those shots. I mentioned it in the last game, but a good way to think about it is the way they're guarding him is essentially how the Suns are guarding Westbrook. They're leaving him at the three-point line and just giving him opportunities, going way under around the pick and rolls to try to dare him to shoot and just hitting them at the right time, three for six from three, but also getting to certain spots including, by the way, attacking off closeouts on the corners, not necessarily just in pick and rolls, getting to the right spots from a different place on the court for him and hitting those shots is really important. But even beyond that, I want to point out that I think his defense has just been stellar in the playoffs so far. In this game, three steals and three blocks, his hands were all over the place, and he just has not been a liability. There is a version of Chris Paul that is a liability and that version of Chris Paul that becomes a liability defensively probably would have existed had Kawhi Leonard and Paul George played in these games. But even in the games that Kawhi Leonard played, I don't think you could call Chris Paul a liability. And in this game in particular, he was a positive. Like He was one of the better defenders on the floor throughout the game. You just couldn't do much with him. You couldn't isolate against him. If you had a shot at the rim, his hands was were on the ball. Like You couldn't do it. And, at, you know, three uh, yeah. steals and three blocks, He's, just an impressive game for him all around. Three steals and three blocks for him. Worth noting, the Suns had 10 steals and eight blocks as a team, 18 stocks yeah. in total, if you want to call them that, uh, which is phenomenal. Uh, obviously, a lot more of those came from Booker again. He had another three steals. Uh, I agree. Chris has been great with the event creation uh, on defense. I will say that just, yeah, you you live with it when Marcus Morris is trying to post him up. It's just a little bit different when it's Marcus Morris or Norm Powell or whoever that's trying to quote-unquote target him versus if it's Kawhi Leonard or Paul George or uh, whoever it's going to be in a future round. I don't know, Giannis, if they get all the way to the finals, right? It's just, it's, I'm not there to declare him, oh, our our defensive worries about Chris Paul are over because Marcus (laughs) Morris and and Norm Powell couldn't target him to death. For sure, it's 100% But yes, within the matchup, within the matchup, he did very well. He forced turnovers. He didn't turn the ball over himself on offense. Right there, uh, what can you say? Obviously, you take that trade off. It's great. Yeah, it's important for him to not turn it over when Durant, Aiton, and Booker combined for twelve turnovers too. Uh, you know, so to get nine assists and zero turnovers, which is obviously something that we just have come to expect out of Chris Paul, but it's it's particularly important when the other guys can't hold on to it as well as they normally can. Although Durant, three turnovers, that seems to be. You could probably just kind of write that in the box score going forward uh, with the way that teams defend him. Uh, Let's take a moment to acknowledge Devin Booker is absurd and just insane. 30 points, 7 assists, 9 rebounds, 3 offensive rebounds. The Suns really killed it on offensive rebounds in this game across the board, 8 and with 4. 
Booker with three, Torrey Craig with two, and then four players had one, ended with 14 total offensive rebounds. But the thing about Devin Booker that's become incredible to watch, I think, is that, of course, the scoring is going to be there. And just like the last two games for him, it comes when nobody else is scoring. And and you can't really take that for granted, how important it is to have a guy who just is like, nothing's happening, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> um, but some insane passes by Devin Booker, which is something we've come to expect as well. There was one in particular to Durant in the corner where just picked it up with his right hand, off dribble, never used his left hand to pick up the ball between two defenders across the court, 40 feet away, right in the pocket for Durant, who hit a three. But then he also had three steals in this game, which seems to be just a regular thing for him now. An insane and important save on a ball that was going out of bounds at an important moment of the game, which does not show up in the box score and just tends to be in the right place at the right time all the time. Just a a well-rounded, all-around great player on both sides of the floor doing the right things all the time now. It's just a joy to watch Devin Booker at, at what he's doing right now. Has he had the best playoffs of anyone in the NBA through four games? I mean, not everyone's played four games yet, so maybe we should wait. But, you know, like Kawhi, I felt like was that guy through two games, but now he's missed two games. And I don't know. I think Booker yes, has a he case. Has. He's leading the NBA. <laughs> Isn't yeah. he? He's leading the NBA in scoring. He's had incredible defensive impact. He's playmaking. As you mentioned, that skip pass highlight was, oh, my God. It was a highlight of the game for me. Yeah. I don't think there's anything you could nitpick about his play through four games in this series. Other guys on this team, sure. The team as a whole, sure, but not Booker. He's, yeah. I mean, top one. I I think you could easily make the case. (laughs) Top one player. I I mean, look, I don't watch, I don't watch, I don't watch everyone else's every game of every other team. It just hasn't felt to me like there's another candidate. I think. I mean, he scored. He scored the most of any player in the playoffs so far and is the best perimeter defender on the Suns in the playoffs so far. I think that's all that's all you really need to to say. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And look, the Suns are lucky with the matchups they've had so far in that they don't have to pick, play Kawhi Leonard for seven games or Paul George for seven games. They're absolutely lucky that they don't have to do that. But you have to beat who's in front of you, and that team is full of professional players who are playing their ass off to win with an amazing coach, and they're doing it. They're still winning these games. And after, by the way, bad starts, bad first quarters in basically every single game, so far every single game and look every i'm gonna diagnose game. it right now people are tired of hearing me say it i would still start josh Kogi. i would still start him i don't think it makes sense to have tory craig chasing around russell westbrook it's not the best matchup for him it's a better match getting closer for josh Kogi. yeah they're, they're matched because 25 josh, minutes each now yeah yeah 25 minutes each and steadily we've seen a Kogi's playing time increase every yeah. single game and i think craig's has gone down every single game so yes, we're and there. Monty was right. I was wrong about starting a Kogi against Kawhi Leonard. That was absolutely the right decision there. And I On just wonder if hands, they'll do that. It'll be interesting to see. Has a Kogi made a three in the playoffs yet? I'm not sure he has. I don't think so. I don't. He went 0 for 2 today. Yeah. Let me see real quick. He made one in game two. So Josh Kogi threw four games now. He is one for five yeah. from deep in total. Yeah. Which is not a lot of attempts. But that's kind of the story of this team right now. Not a lot of attempts from anyone. Landry Shamit was the first guy off the bench again somehow in this game. Uh, I have no idea why. He played horribly for five minutes. He missed the one three he took. Uh, Monty pulled him, brought in Damian Lee instead, and Shamit never never reappeared. Uh, Damian Lee only took one shot, one three, in his 14 minutes, and he missed that one too. So yeah, but they guard him. There are no... <laughs> They I know. At least I'm, guard no, him I, you do not have. Trust me. You do not have to tell me. <laughs> well, I would continue playing Damian Lee. Yes. But the, I'm just there is not a high volume three point shooter on this team no. with the way they're playing. There is not. Yeah, they won. They took uh, 22 attempts tonight. They shot and 40%. They won, yeah, they won by 12. Percentage. It's crazy. I know, but they took 22 attempts. That is early 2000s basketball that this team is playing. Yeah, through uh, three wins in the playoffs, they probably have the least made three-pointers through three wins in the playoffs of like I any team in the last 20 did. years yeah. or something like that. Like It's just insane. And it's uh, you know on the backs of absurd mid-range shot-making. But although, you know, t- I, I don't know, just, just from the eye test, I don't think it was like an insane mid-range scoring. They actually got to the rim quite a bit in this game from my memory. And it'll, it'll be interesting to see They got a lot of free throws test. again too. Yeah, I mean, that's a big part. The... the the whole game plan by the Clippers is to be ultra, ultra physical with Kevin Durant. And that's just leading to he had 11 free throws for the second game in a row. And in this game, that was without the intentional fouling at the end of the game. So they're just trying everything they can to throw him off his game. And in this game, I think he started out a little bit rough and looked maybe a little frustrated again. But yeah, there's just nothing you can do. He just gets up there, scores 25 to 35 points and you know, 11 rebounds, six assists. And and that's who Kevin Durant is. And he did that all on 17 shot attempts 
thanks to those 11 uh, free throws, but three for four from the three-point line. A nice time for his three-point shot to kind of come back a little bit. The Suns need someone to make threes because outside of him, Chris Paul and Booker, the Suns were 0 for, let's see, 4, 5, 6, 0 for 6 from 3. Everyone else missed every single 3 they took, except for Biombo and Aiton, who didn't shoot any. Who obviously didn't shoot any. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Could you imagine if, if Aiton chose now <laughs> as the time to bring his 3-point shot back? Yeah. I don't think he's attempted one in months in a real game. Yeah, I think we're beyond that. He's not. Yeah, I don't think it's coming. <laughs> it's not coming. He's not going to do it. And yeah. Any other thoughts on uh, any of the Suns players or, or how they played in this game? Anything you want to talk about, single out in particular? Um, Let's see. Who have we not talked about yet in this game? We kind of singled out everyone. I mean, the, I, mean the, I guess, yes. Yeah, so, go ahead. The rotation is shorter now, right? It's really eight, eight yes. guys now. It's eight guys. I think Monty is still in the process of figuring out who the eighth guy is because he's he, he is ramming Shaman through. <laughs> he wants him to be that eighth guy. <laughs> And after one stint, he had to give up and say, okay, Damian Lee, you could be the eighth guy tonight. Um, the question is, what happens when campaign comes back? Campaign is still out. Yeah. Would love to get him back for game five. I think so much of what we talked about uh, on the playback stream again, talking about how this was before Chris Paul started making threes in this game, because I think it was during the first half. What about how the Suns need a point guard who shoots? The way to construct a team around Kevin Durant and, and Devin Booker is to have a point guard who shoots threes. Mm-hmm. And Chris Paul obviously is not that. Um, for all of his other strengths campaign is not really that either at least not as a starter but he is kind of that in that he he does shoot threes um, he does have a decent catch and shoot three-point percentage uh, over the past couple of years so I think that'll help do they go to an eight-man rotation when campaign returns which is just campaign yeah. Josh Kogi, Bismack Biombo, or do they still have that slot shooter in as well which is basically what I would call the Damian Lee spot at this point look I think I think you can add, you can probably add Cameron Payne in and still play nine guys and just try to reduce Chris Paul's minutes, maybe try to reduce Devin Booker's and Kevin Durant's minutes a little bit if you can get some yeah, offense I think going. KD, KD's kind of the guy where he's going to have to continue to play that, that amount, as sad as it is. 44 well, minutes again for him tonight. You can reduce Book's workload for sure. You can reduce Chris Paul's workload with campaign minutes. Well, you look Can at you who you're KD's playing off the load? bench and who are you going to put in for KD, you know? You can't, it can't really I mean, be a They tried TJ Warren. They tried TJ Warren. Didn't like what they saw with TJ Warren. Yeah. It didn't look good, they tried, by the way. <laughs> they tried, they tried, they, they tried Ish. And that didn't look good either. The series, yeah. right? His that shooting has kind of left so. him since the new year. Yeah, Ish Wainwright. What are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, if Okogi starts, you could have Craig come off the bench for him and play those minutes. That could help a little bit, but, you know, that's just the difference in offenses, you know, between a Hall of Famer superstar player and a a $5 million role player. (laughs) That's just the difference. So, yeah, I mean, you know, 45 minutes. I wouldn't call it 45 hard minutes for Durant, you know, not to say that any minutes in the playoffs are easy, but luckily the Suns don't need him to, like, run it down their throats to the rim over and over and over again like Giannis or something he's taking the shots he's taking those mid-range shots he's in the corner for a while in the game and ultimately when you play 45 minutes as much as people maybe don't want to see him in the corner for a while that's kind of how you get rest on the court you have times where you just play decoy sit in the corner and you know even it's still in this game nobody shot more than him except for Devin Booker who only shot four more shots and look the reality with Devin Booker shooting four more shots is 
he's doing a much better job at creating his own shot in this series so far than Kevin Durant. And uh, that's okay because the way the Clippers play defense is if you can get downhill on them the way Devin Booker can, you can get quite a bit more shots. So it is sort of a series tailor-made for Devin Booker to do what he's doing and he's, and he's doing it well. And maybe with campaign uh, that changes. I'll, maybe a little bit. A little bit. Uh, one other thing I wanted to touch on here that I, that I guess we should mention is, um, I don't know, I feel like a lot of people have asked us games one through three, why aren't the Suns running their stuff? Uh, and, and I think it's something we've addressed at certain points, but you pointed out early on in the game during our stream that the Clippers went back to a lot of traditional drop uh, defensively in this game. Yeah. And I don't think it was a coincidence that <laughs> suddenly uh, a lot of the Suns stuff that, that we're so used to seeing, the double drag sets, the Spain pick and roll sets, um, a lot of it reappeared sort of for the first time in this game. Yeah. I, I think or we just saw more. several yeah. instances. Just several. I, I mean, uh, double track they've been doing. Spain, uh, we saw several instances of it ran in this game for kind of the first time all series long. And, you know, I didn't didn't have the time to, uh, or I'm certainly not paying attention in the moment to, like, count up the possessions and tell you exactly how good it looked, like points per possession. That would be something that someone has to do um, after the fact. But to my eye, it looked pretty good. Uh, to see the Suns return that way. And it's something you can only do once a defense is moving back into that kind of traditional stance, not switching everything uh, and, and and whatnot. So it's a really um, great point. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because we're talking, we spent the first part of this podcast talking about Chris Paul and Deandre and having their best games of the series so far. And it was the first time that they played a ton of drop coverage. It's not that big of a surprise here. That's kind of what those two guys are tailor-made to play against, right? You want them to play well in a drop coverage situation. And the difference between what is happening here in this particular game compared to the previous few games is the extent to which they they were playing a, sort of a gimmicky style of defense against the Suns has been reduced dramatically. And the gimmick was to send two guys at Durant no matter where he was and force everyone else to work off the ball and kind of switch everything around that so that you kind of force guys to work against the switch. And that's one of the reasons Devin Booker was so good in the last game, best player to work against the switch, the best player to work on the weak side when they're closing out is Devin Booker. Of course, he's going to play well against that. Outside of that, when teams are playing more of a traditional drop defense, like the majority of this game they did, then all of a sudden you got the assists going. I, I have not checked. I would not be surprised if this was the most assists the Suns have had as a team against the Clippers so far, the offense is humming a little bit more. Everything makes more sense. And I think it's an important distinction when people talk about the Suns in a lot of national coverage, they talk about how things don't look quite right yet. And they're right, but they don't give a lot of time to how the Clippers are playing defensively against that. And I think it makes a huge difference because they're one of the teams I think that's well-suited to do this where there's not a lot of teams that are you know, well-suited to do it. I think the best one probably is the Boston Celtics, but the only time the Suns would ever run into them is if they make the NBA Finals. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But yeah, that's a really, really great point. I'm glad you brought that up. Well, yeah, and just to be clear on one thing, you, you mentioned the doubles on Durant. They're still sending doubles at Durant. They're just sending doubles at Durant in a different way, right? It's specifically when he catches in the post – the double's still coming at Durant. Yeah. When he's at the top of the key, it's not. They were um, doing we it without doing... him even having the ball in the last right, two games. Right, before he had touched the ball in the last game. And that they were they, they became less aggressive 
uh, now. They still want to double him in the post, and I think they've still had some success with that. Uh, but when they play to their level of physicality, he gets to the line 11 times, and, well, what do you know? There's another game where he shits out 30 points on <laughs> 70% true shooting, yeah. and it's just kind of no matter what you throw at him, that he does it. So yeah. it's, it's hard a hard ask for the Clippers defensively, honestly. Yeah, you know, the Suns should be winning these games, but they are. But it's important to survive the game where Westbrook has 37 points, and they did. Westbrook was really, really yeah, shout out to Yeah, shout out to him, by the way. He has had an awesome series, and not all of us. In fact, most of us did not see it coming. I we mean, be yeah. Honest about that. I would not. 40 minutes in this game, 37 points, only four assists and six rebounds, still four turnovers, matching his assists and turnovers. But... You know, I think Stan Van Gundy, and I don't know if this was an actual stat or if he was just saying it from memory, but he called it his most efficient game of the year. And it may have been just because of how well he was shooting three for six from three overall at 17 for 29, still an absurd number of shots, but he kind of has to be the one doing it. <laughs> the other thing yeah. that was that was different in this game, Marcus Morris um, started. They, they can't do that again, right? <laughs> Um, look they wanted offense uh, and a little bit of size at the same time because we saw what they tried to do they tried to maximize their amount of offense in game three with the five guards Uh, I thought that was interesting I I don't think it exactly worked we discussed that a little bit on the stream as well Uh, one way to maybe replace the offense is to swap out one of those guards like maybe a Bones Highland who you don't trust so much and get some of that offense out of Marcus Morris if he's playing at his best tonight he did not and just in general, Marcus Morris has not had... He lost his spot. His last 10 or 15 games of the season were disastrous in general. The numbers were bad. The numbers were bad again tonight. He shot 3 of 12 from the field, 1 of 7 from deep. Um, but Batum's not good either. So I don't know what they do in Game 5 if Kawhi's still out. I don't know what. I would say maybe start Covington and just go all out on defense and switch a lot. But... Covington was bad. Their hands are kind of tied. Yeah. <laughs> hands are kind of tied. Yeah, I mean, they're missing their two best players. It's a it's a, like an unsolvable equation with maybe the best mathematician in the NBA trying to solve it in Ty Lue. Uh, and and I'll be interested to see because like the five-guard lineup, I would have never expected that in the last game. And the dude still has some punches to throw. And in this one, playing a drop defense and playing Marcus Morris in there, I get it. They've won games like that in the past, but it just didn't work. So... What they do in the next game, assuming Kawhi doesn't play, we have no idea what's going to happen with Kawhi. We have no idea what's going to happen with Paul George. But assuming those guys don't play, this is the Suns at home in game five with a chance to close it out. They, you know, they should win this. (laughs) They should win it. Even if Kawhi comes back, look, he might be not 100%. Maybe he wasn't 100% in game two, but you still won that one. That could impact it. I don't know. It's just... This is your best opportunity. You don't want to let it get to a game six and give them more time, especially if Kawhi Leonard doesn't play in game five. Um, they played so, well. They've done well this whole series, but the Suns are still up 3-1. They have to close it out. To borrow an expression from one of our favorite opposing coaches, they they can't play with their meat <laughs> in game five. They can't do it. No. you've got They've got their meat right there. It, it was good in game four. They found their stroke. They got to cook it. But now that they found their stroke, you got to stop playing with your meat. You got to beat your meat. In game five. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) 
All right. Is that, is that, are we finishing there? We'll be back Do we have tomorrow. anything else to say? We'll be back tomorrow for the Patreon members with a podcast to give you. This is the first two two day break in the series. The Suns have two days uh, of rest between now and their next game. So, you know, if Kawhi Leonard's close, that could help him out. Game five is at home on TNT, 7 p.m. local time. Uh, and that will be, you know, at a very, very important game. They win that one. They go to round two. By then, the Nuggets may have already finished off the Timberwolves, which would not be a surprise. The Wolves suck. And, you know, hopefully the Suns put Ouch. it together a little bit more. Sorry. I know you like them to start the season. I, I never believed. No, you're you're right. You're um, right. Yeah. So hopefully they, they, they finish it out there and have a chance. The last thing you want is the Nuggets to be more rested than you. Uh, but, yes, if you're a Patreon member, keep an eye out. We'll have another podcast tomorrow with a guest. I'm looking forward to recording that one. Other than that, we're all set for now. If there's another playback coming, we'll let you know. If you'd like to join our Patreon, you can join at patreon.com slash the timeline, $6 a month for an extra podcast every week, which we're going to try to continue to do throughout the playoffs. You got anything else before we go here, Sam? That's it. See you in a couple days again. Enjoy the, the one extra day off, I suppose, and we'll see you Tuesday night. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>